Welcome back to Always Evolving. I have our first superstar. Oh, wow. I don't know about that. <laughs> trainer, physique expert, right, Eric it. Janicki. Okay, cool. <laughs> thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. That was quite the introduction. I feel very honored. For those of you who are just listening, Eric is built like a Greek god. Like... <laughs> Every aspect of his body is like chiseled and like it, you have a crazy body. I appreciate that. I'm gonna have to come. I'm just gonna come by here every morning. But you know, my, you know, you, morning affirmations. You know, you have a crazy body, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely worked hard for it. Like 15 years of training, so it's definitely paid off at this point. And and what were you doing before you became a trainer and where people were like kind of coming to you for advice? Yeah, so that's actually very interesting. I have had an interesting trajectory in that sense that it wasn't very linear. Um, I was originally, when I came out of school, high school, I wanted to study finance and that's what I did. I went to school for econ accounting and finance out here in California. That's what brought me out here from Chicago. Uh, and actually worked at Merrill Lynch and another firm outside of school, out of school. And then I met my best friend now who's a gay man and he, you know, we started working out together. And you're straight. I am straight. You have a Girlfriend or fiance? Fiance. Or fiance. Okay. And so this guy ended up becoming my best friend, still my best friend to this day. And he was a private trainer and he told me, Eric, like, you're so good at this. You're not really loving your finance job. You don't like sitting behind a desk. You're so entrepreneurial. Why don't you start your own training business? And then, you know, you know, let it morph into whatever you want it to be, whether it be getting into supplements, getting into whatever it is, but just go for it. And so it was extremely scary. But that was what, when I took so left a full-time job, left a full-time job to do, to be, become my own boss and start my own private training career here in West Hollywood. In West Hollywood. So right here is where you started. That's right where I started. Ground zero. Do you have a certain type of clientele that's most drawn to you? Yes. Gay man is definitely like where I've, where I found my niche here specifically. Yeah. It's grown more now. I've gotten more into the online coaching. It's, it's definitely morphed, but I mean, most of my presence here has been with success with gay men wanting to get in better shape. There's a lot of pressures, as you know, out here to, you know, do, do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's the, there's a lot of pressure for men? I think, men? I think it's just a very, like, being gay is very visual. Like men are, men are naturally very visual. They want to, you know, they, they like to see what they're getting type of thing. And then they think that it kind of, they want their themselves to fit that image. So the seeing as they're sexually attracted to an image, whereas women a lot of times are more emotionally connected. Right. Um, and especially in this out here, it's a lot more about hooking up and not as much about being in a relationship sometimes. So I think that it really lends itself to looking good. Um, so what do you feel like a lot of the men who normally, who typically ask you to be their trainer uh, are hitting on you? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And how do you know they're hitting on you? It's just like a lot of it comes through in the messaging, I think that you, that's how it usually starts. And it usually is very like genuine at first, but then um, it definitely kind of devolves a little bit into like, oh yeah, like, I mean, it's like, you know, it's natural fit since you're so hot and, you know, I need a hot trainer type of thing. And it's totally, as long as it's very, you know, PG, it's cool. But like, if I'll always like cut it off, if the guys are like, yeah, you know, I only like to train at my house and, you know, I like my trainers to be naked when they coach me. I'm like, oh, naked. Oh yeah. I get, I get the craziest stuff, man. Like it's not even, <laughs> that is mild. I'm keeping it mild for the show. G got it. But, but, but when you say so, and they'll offer you all sorts of money to do it. Yeah, of course. Like it's definitely like, 
uh, you know, very sometimes very high ticket to go on trips, whatever it may be. Uh, I've definitely not gone that route. I'm happy to say that I haven't, but uh, the numbers get crazy. Do you think that's why you've moved more towards online training as opposed to in person? I think no. I think that that stems more from like my social media growing and having it be more sustainable, like make money when you sleep, manage a team of coaches uh, and be able to touch more people worldwide. Mm. And also, uh, yeah, just so I don't have to be sitting in the gym 8, 10, 12 hours a day to make the money I want to be making. Do you like the attention? Of course. You love it. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think I think that I used to deny it, but I think uh, especially now, like, you know, the presence is growing. I walk down the street, people recognize me or like I'll go to the, I go to the Trader Joe's and like, I have like six people not stopping, not necessarily recognize me, but say like, oh, like, what do you eat? Like, wait, why are you buying that? Like, oh, what do you like? What do you do to train? Like, are you a, are you a trainer? Are you a bodybuilder? Like, and like, I, I definitely like relish in that. I love talking with people. I, I don't like care if people stop me. So I definitely enjoy it. I used to be like, Oh no, it's not for that. But, but you love it. I love it. Yeah. God, that's so interesting. If I go to Trader Joe's and someone is hitting on me, (laughs) I'm a little like, (laughs) like I actually, I mean, I, for me, I'm not like, it doesn't necessarily, and especially because it's not the interesting thing for you is you're not into men. So men hitting on you is enjoyable, but it's not something you even want. Yeah. I mean, that's so interesting. Somebody told me something that really resonated with me when I got out here was that don't be really concerned when you have a ton of gay guys hitting on you. Be concerned when none of the gay guys are hitting on you because then you got real problems. So (laughs) I think I just kind of absorbed that and kind of like live by that motto. And wow, if if they're hitting on me, that's a good thing. And, and do you think that looking the part differentiates trainers quite a bit in terms of success? I think it does for sure. Uh, Just because you see a product and you want to look like that product, especially when it comes to training, it definitely lends itself to being successful. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. And so kind of what's your, at a certain point, right? At a certain point in life, you know, maybe the attention drops down or were there periods of time where you're just like, oh, I'm not quite getting the Trader Joe. Who's this dude? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been phases where I go through like a bulking phase. I don't really do that anymore. I'm like, uh, or like, I just, or I'm really focused on putting on size. So I, my body fat goes, percentage mm-hmm. goes up and I definitely won't like get as much tension. But like now, like the last about year, I've really like focused on maintaining the composition I'm at right now. I'm not really focused on getting any bigger, getting more functional, like getting more flexible and just like keeping this leanness I have right now. And I think that's where it's really like taken off for me because I can be more consistent with my posting and feeling comfortable being shirtless, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and what's your take on steroids? I think that it's definitely a personal decision. Um, personally, I've been, I actually got diagnosed with low testosterone when I was 23. I never messed with How me. convenient. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. And people say that. Um, and, you know, I've never taken a pro hormone, nothing in my life. I can be 100% honest with that. Um, so I did get, uh, I tried to do, because I'd done some really, really stupid dieting things where I was like super low carb, super low fat, totally crashed my metabolism just so I could get really shredded. Um, and at that point, you know, I went to the doctor and they tested me and he was like, oh, your testosterone level is like that of like a 60 year old man. Like, have you been doing steroids? Are you, mm-hmm. have you been doing pro, pro hormones? Anything? I was like, no, honestly, I've not, my whole life. And this was when I was like 23. Um, and he said, okay, let's just bump your food and your diet, your healthy fats. We did that for like three months. It like, didn't really help that much. And he's like, honestly, it just could be one of those things that have you, like, he asked me, have you ever had like the sex drive of your friends? I'm like, yeah, I had a good sex drive, but it's never like my college friends who I like would all, it would just like, you know, hook up with anything that moved just to like 
get that satisfaction. Whereas I was never really like that. I was like always kind of more the relationship guy. And, um, so he said, yeah, you might just have low testosterone. And then when I, since I started, I put myself in the upper normal level of like, I'm not outside of the levels of normal, but when I did that, that's when it made a huge difference. difference. And that's where it's taken me to now. And I still maintain that regimen. Yeah. Your body's crazy. Like, and that's where I I just want to, I want to try this exercise with you and see where we go. Okay. Let's do it. So we're going to do an exercise. All right. Let's hear it. I'm curious, you know, because I want, I think, look, I think it's amazing for one to take care of themselves. Right. You're at that like percent of, you know, male or female that gets like the cover of muscle fitness and magazines. And, you know, when they need the hot Chippendale in a movie, you're like the guy's face and body that they would want. Right. So let's say, okay. And hopefully this never happens. (laughs) This is a never, this is a, I don't know like where this is going. All of a sudden, Eric, no longer like for whatever reason, like the testosterone, you get allergic to it and you, you literally like lose your size and everything shifts a little bit and you have more of like an average body. Okay. Yeah, and you've seen those guys, right? Who are huge. They were they were hunky. Yeah. And then later in life, you're like, oh, something happened, right? Yeah. What do you think your mindset would be like? I would say it would definitely it would. There's I have two answers, two parts that answer. One would be how dramatic is is that change? Right. Because that's going to be determinant of like how I feel about it. If it's one of those things that I have like a severe injury and then I don't look like this two months later, four months later, six months later, that's a very drastic change. Now, you're, if you're talking over 20 years, um, yeah, maybe it'll be because it's more subtle. I won't be have that feeling. Let's say, so let's just go to the six month example. I would say it would definitely like affect my psyche very much so just because it's taken me so long to build this mm. and it's become so much so part of my lifestyle Right. that it would be, I think it would, I think it would affect my mindset more if like I couldn't train anymore. Um, and that was the reason that I was looking the way I was because I couldn't still get those endorphins. And, you know, it's become so much part of my routine that's almost more of an abnormality for me to miss sessions than it is for me to hit them. So yeah. um, I think to answer your question, it, w- it would be very demoralizing. <laughs> demoralizing. One more thought, though, because I keep picturing Trader Joe's because it's next to my house, right? Like it's, it's, it's half a block away. I avoid that one for sure. That one, That one's just trouble, right? So you go to that Trader any Trader Joe's, someone comes up to you because I know you, you love the attention, right? Okay. Tell me what runs through your mind right when you feel like they go, tell me what kind of broccoli this is. Or like, like if you like it, what, what's the initial thought? Initial thought is first I'm getting hit on. Okay. So I think that's, that's like the start. And like, I think of how can I like politely like move myself out of the situation, but still like be helpful to them if they have a legitimate question. So the first thought isn't like, Oh, I still got it. Or like, I mean, because I would think it would be annoying. It, it really, I think it just lends to my personality type. Like I'm very easygoing. Uh-huh. Like it, it, I will tell you right now, it pisses the hell out of my fiance. It does. Cause I'm very much so receptive. Like if somebody stops me, I really want to like help them or whatever. If if somebody stops me in the gym or stops me on the street or stops me in the grocery store and she's with me, she's just like, Oh God, here he goes again. Um, but if I'm by myself, it's, it's not a problem. If somebody stops me or especially in the gym, if somebody asks for advice, uh, it does like irk me when it's all about the things that don't matter. Like, Oh, what brand of protein do you drink? It's like, 
that's literally like 2% of the equation, not even like half a percent of the equation of what's going to make you successful. Right. And I think it's, it's just unfortunate just because so much of what gets thrown to us in media and on different platforms is what you can buy in order to get to your, to the point. What's the best compliment you've gotten in the last few weeks? It's literally where that, you felt good. You were like, honestly, oh. that, that introduction to this interview was probably one of the best. Oh, come on. All right, right, right. <laughs> the interview, but saying other than that, I would say, I'd say somebody told me that I look like a Greek statue. And I think that's always awesome um, to like have those, like if you can have that like Greek statue proportions, that was the nicest compliment I've gotten recently. Got it. So let, let, I'm going to keep playing around with this, right? So someone says Greek statue. If someone says to you, wow, you're smarter than I thought, or wow, you're such a kind person. And that does that stuff. Oh my God. That's, that's, is that more important or less important? 100% more important. Feels better. Feels better. I think that's because I do get the stigma when people, people see me walking down the street, like all this, like meathead asshole. Sorry. Excuse my language. No, it's all right. Um, And that's what I, that's what kind of I get. Whereas people that follow me understand, like I'm very gay friendly. I'm, you know, this very happy person. I'm more than willing to like answer people's questions and help them out. So when people tell me like, wow, you're way nicer than I thought you were, or way, you're way smarter than I thought you were uh, coming from a finance background. Cause right. most people think personal trainer guy that's built like me, like, you know, has two brain cells to rub together. Or, or someone would think guy like you, personal trainer, they only care about their own health, exactly. right? Like that would be the other route. Um, I don't know about you, but I've noticed sometimes. So for me, you know, I, I, you're constantly shirtless on your Instagram, which you guys can check out. It's Eric Janik. That's J A N I C K Fitness. With, you an, know, I, with an I. With an I. <laughs> Eric Janicky. A- oh, Eric Janicky <laughs> Fitness. Um, I follow him on Instagram, so you can always you know, we'll have mutual friends. And you could also go to factiontraining1.com if you want to get more information on how to get trained by him and some of his coaches. And I know, like, you are constantly shirtless on Instagram the whole time, right? 100%, yeah. And I feel like I'll occasionally go shirtless, right? And when I do, people are way more into my posts. 100%. Yeah. It's all about engagement. When are the people most into what your content is? And is that confusing for you considering you're always shirtless? I think that's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard for me to, to gauge the metrics unless I do a post that's like very much so lifestyle with my dogs or whatever with my fiance and it gets like a third as much traction and like a third as many likes. I mean, obviously even what the, so the tech that what I use to um, kind of you know, bridge that gap is even if, if I have something educational that I want to get across, I'll post a picture shirtless, but in my caption, I'll actually, you know, give some pertinent information to whether it be like a training modality, uh, something about nutrition, just because if I just post a picture of like my plate of food, nobody's going to read it. Yeah. Uh, whereas if somebody sees me shirtless and they want to like, Oh, what's he saying? Like in the caption, then more people are interacting with it or I'll do like a lot of interactive, like left or right type things to get people engaged. Yeah. I'm always balancing what is profession versus, um, what I'm passionate about. Like my agent told me this last week, she said to me, she goes, Mike, your, your, your Instagram looks like a dating profile. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, well, it looks kind of like a dating profile. I think you need to take it more seriously. I'm like, whenever I take the time to craft something out and be so serious and heartfelt and vulnerable, four legs. Yeah, literally no one cares. (laughs) 
And and have you Unfo- found unfollow? Unfollow, right? So, like, I gotta imagine too. Is it tricky for you to constantly build a brand because you're constantly having to go back to workout routines, being shirtless? Like, it, do you sometimes struggle to figure out like, okay, what am I doing next? No, because it just happens that what engages the best also lends itself directly into my brand. Yeah. So now let's say like I was a real estate agent. Obviously, me posting shirtless pictures of myself is going to be a thirst trap, but it's not going to get people to really be interested in what I'm selling as a real estate or that I'm a really good real estate agent is going to find you exactly what you're looking for. Um, or like an architect, like mm. I can't be posting shirtless pictures because it's almost going to almost delegitimize my business, my actual right. business, because they're like, oh, this guy's spending way too much time on his body and not as much time as he needs to be on his business. Uh, and he shouldn't be posting this type of stuff in the first place. So I wouldn't say that it it's almost like let, it like goes into my favor. Um, like my dad, for example, is an architect and it's harder for him because he has to post like pictures of houses and, you know, nice kitchens he's done, but that's not going to get nearly engaged as I would like, you know, he's got like 63 followers on Instagram. So I, just, right. I think it's more of just like understanding that it actually helps me to like post the way I post. Yeah. I mean, in a way how you look and how sexy you put yourself out there as your brand in the fitness space mm-hmm. is an indicator on how much people are going to subscribe, buy, buy into all the different services you have to offer. And you're getting, when are you getting married? Well, we were supposed to get married. Um, we had to reschedule everything due to coronavirus. We we're supposed to get married a few weeks ago, but we're going to push it to next year. So we didn't even send out the invitations. Was See, like, I would have just got, if I were you, I would just get one of those like marriage certificates. Cause then you just save so much money. Oh yeah. I would save like, you know, wait, it's, it's, it's crazy. Once we like start to add it all up, I'm like, Oh my God, what are we doing? You're, you're, you're going to have to do a lot more posts. The yeah, shorts are going to have to get shorter. <laughs> exactly. They're already so short. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally it's, you're just going to be rocking a fanny pack. Exactly. And that's it. I know by looking at Eric, he eats better than me. He works out harder than me, and he's more disciplined than me about his physical health. That I know, like it's obvious. How many hours a day do you work out? Only about ninety minutes a day. Ninety, ninety, like ninety to one hundred. How many days a week? Five on, two off. But on the off days, like after recovery, I'll go hiking with my dogs and whatnot. Are you completely happy with your body? Yeah. There's nothing you dislike. No, 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 no that's not true. So, like, what I always tell people is. I like always have a moving target for myself. And the reason that I look the way I do, cause I'm literally never satisfied. I'm happy with where I'm at right this second. But the reason I got here is because 15 years of feeling like I look like shit all the time. And that's why I think that it's important to find that kind of balance between being like never satisfied, but also not be like self-deprecating. So you got to like be able to push yourself and know that there's still places for you to improve. Is there a part, when you look in the mirror, is there a part of your body when you're just like, Ugh. you know, like that's a one spot you're always yeah. like, Ugh. I mean, I mean, mine is, I mean, I'm almost, it's, it's such a funny thing. Cause I'm actually glad that it didn't end up like this, but I just don't have that little tiny, like tiny, tiny little waist structure. That, that a lot of competitors have with like the like their shoulders like this and their waist is like this. Uh, I don't bone wise. I just don't have that structure. And it actually helped me get out of the competing lifestyle just because I realized. So you didn't have a tiny waist. I didn't have the tiny waist. So I'd have to work twice as hard as these guys that do have like a 29 inch waist um, in order to look as good as them on stage. So it was almost a blessing in disguise. It kind of got me out of that 
you know, competition trajectory and got me into more of this, like being a influencer, being helping other people and finding that balance. But even a guy like you, when you look in the mirror, is there anywhere you're like, oh, I wish my shoulders were more peaked. Wish my legs had that. Do you do that or yeah, no? All the time. My hamstrings suck. My calves are trash. Um, that's what you say to yourself. Oh, that's no? What, oh no, it's like that's what I think. Do you do you think when you look in the mirror, if you're looking at yourself full body, that you instantly go to the part that you're least happy with or most happy with? I think I trend towards like I always look at my abs because I want to see how lean I am. But I definitely will, you know, yeah, trend towards like upper body. My legs are there, um, like quads, hamstrings, glutes. My glutes are never the problem. Apparently, they're quite famous. Are they? <laughs> Apparently. Wait, what, what do you mean? Uh, but it's just like, a, it's very much so like a famous thing about me is my, you know, my glutes that I, I don't really like, they're, I don't emphasize them in my workouts. I'm like, oh, I want a huge ass. And that's not, it's, but it just happened that it evolved over time. Did you, do you find that over time people, what they want to get trained is based upon trends? Like right now, big butts are the thing, right? But 10 years ago, they weren't the thing. Yeah. I think so like, what is the thing right now that people are going towards? I get a lot of like, uh, well, I mean, especially due to my demographic, I get a lot of money more like bigger butts. That's for sure. Glutes. Um, and I mean, guys, it's all every day. It's like still like calves and arms and like chest is going to be like the ones that I get. I want to build up a bigger chest. Like I hear that. I still get to the most it's throughout time. I don't know what it is about guys and chest. But I think it's just like a power thing, that whole like posture and like having it fill out. Like having a big chest. Yeah. And and you do some of your training in person, some online, right? Yeah, I'm phasing. I'm almost completely phased out of the in-person training just to really focus on online business is doing very well. Our clients are doing really well. So it's it's been interesting just because I did I do love the in-person, but I think it's just the natural progression for me. Because I was watching your video, some of your niche is that you teach people how to work out at home in a garage. Like I've seen you with like, a broom. Yeah. Um, like that's your thing, right? It's like, how do you take things in your house? And it became my thing when uh quarantine happens because I didn't even have gym access either. So I was trying to make the most of it. And so I'm very much so adaptive and I want to, and I, I, I'm very much so like make the most of what you have at your disposal. And yeah. I think, and that's like where I exploded this past like few months on my socials is just because I was giving people those at-home workouts and doing that kind of ridiculous intros to them too. And people love that. And there were a lot of people doing these home workouts. Yeah. I mean, I was having, you know, I was having six, eight, 10,000 people book, bookmark these workouts. So, wow. I mean, either to look back at them later or do them themselves. So it's pretty cool to see that many people like outside of just liking it, also bookmarking it to come back to it and saving it and actually doing it to have that effect on that many people and like a couple hundred thousand views on each one. So it's been, it was pretty wow, cool. Wow. That's amazing. Where do, where do people eventually make the most money in the fitness space that you've noticed? Like what? I would say usually if you can become an entrepreneur and build a brand around it, because I know plenty of guys that have a couple million followers and are broke um, as the day is long, but you need to make either like a company, like a supplement brand, a clothing brand, um, something that's bigger than yourself, a coaching company, uh, or, if, or just become a very successful coach in your own right. Mm. Um then that's the way to make make it successful. You're not going to make that much money. I'll tell anybody that's an influencer in fitness. Like you're not going to make a ton of money being a brand ambassador. Just not going to happen. Yeah. You always see these people online who are posting a protein or a, a red line or whatever it is. How much, what are, how are those deals structured? A lot of times they're very, very low monthly. If that you get free products and then you get a promo code and you get, you usually get like a 
kickback percentage off of the like, promo code. Uh, the promo code. Um, and it's just a lot of like grinding and posting it and trying to get people to buy it for very low payouts. Let's say, I mean, like you have to just do the math for yourself. Let's say you're trying to sell a protein container for 35 bucks. Your, your promo code is 20% off. They're giving you like 5% of the total product price. Now you're looking at like, what is that? Uh, 10% would be $4, $2. Every single time you sell a $35, $40 tub of protein. Um, so you need to sell so many of those based off your social media in order to make any type of money. Um, and it's just not going to scale. What's what's the highest personal trainer rate you've heard of in LA since you've been here? Crazy stuff. 500 plus, 1,000 plus for a session. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten – I haven't gotten up there. But, I mean, there's a couple of trainers in my gym that are about like 250. But that's – it's not it's not unheard of to be – and it's the craziest thing that they're not always, they're usually not the best ones. They're just the ones that are associated with a celebrity or two or, or through a modeling agency yeah. or something. And they're not usually great trainers. They just know a lot of people. Yeah. Cause if you charge 50 an hour for full time, if you worked 40 hours a week, I think that's 96,000 a year, I think. And so 250 an hour if you were, if you had 40 hours, which obviously no one has like 40 in a row because you got to take breaks, you got to drive yeah. the houses or whatever. Even if you had 20 clients at $250 a pop, you know, 20 a week, 20, 20 hours, billable hours, that'd be, I guess, unless I'm doing the math right, I think that's like $250,000. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, I can tell you right now, like private training, both my fiance and I, well, before we start transitioning to this business, we're about, Right anywhere between 200 and 250K a year in uh, net. You mean that that was your take home? Yeah, like both of us. like S Separately or combined? Separately. Wow, you each were making 200, 250 a year. Yeah, before we completely transitioned out of it to the online. And now the online, you do way better? Yeah, about 100K a month in revenue. Wow, just through online training. Yeah, we, we sell high tickets. So we do very catered, very custom, high touch you can get on the phone with us when you need us. We have three coaches with over 21 years of training experience. We just get people results cut and dry. And the big part of it is the accountability side of things. And since we're there for them and the customization, because it's not, nobody's the same. Everybody needs a custom plan yeah. because everybody's body types different. Everybody's at different ages, genders, uh, you know, you know, their activity level, how active they are in their job. There's like 150 different factors we take into play when creating nutrition programs and like how well you can cook. And so they, that's what really, leads to success i i noticed you know there's always these guys i've seen throughout the years when i've gone to the gym and they're always hanging out with the bodybuilders like guys like you and they're kind of like thinking that they're they're always wanting to compete and they always have like a dream but i'm always just kind of like dude like whereas bodybuilding you can still enter right whereas like pro basketball they're just like you didn't make the team yeah right but like pro with bodybuilding it's like if you could pay the admission fee or whatever it is, you can get in the contest. Yeah. But did you, when you were in the bodybuilding world a lot, was there just like a ton of body dysmorphia and just. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Like, I mean, it's, I think that it can be an extremely transformative experience in terms of like pushing yourself to limits. You've not pushed yourself before because it's extreme depletion doing cardio to the point where you feel like you're going to like pass out mm -hmm. um all these things you have all these barrier mostly mental and, and and physical that you have to break through in order to get to that level of conditioning um but at the same time there's a lot of pressures and there's a lot of politics and like you said there's a lot of 
teams and buying in and different like dynamics that you can't control. So you could look the best on stage, mm. but you wouldn't even maybe place top five based on the fact that you're not in the right corner. Got it. There's a lot of politics. Of course. Say anything else. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, listen, you, you've certainly filled us in a, a lot about uh, what goes on uh, as a bodybuilder, the route of being a bodybuilder. And then also, how do you pivot to actually make real coin and make money so exactly. that you can set yourself up? So it sounds like you're doing it a really smart way. Yeah, I would definitely recommend anybody that's trying to get into the space to like really have a long-term play, meaning don't just think you're going to get a big following and make money. Uh, you know, you really got to come at it from a unique angle and find your niche. Like mine is coaching because I'm really good at it. But, you know, yours might be, you know, apparel line or like I said, trying to get in with a supplement company or starting a supplement company or just finding that unique angle. And if you see Eric around at Trader Joe's, make sure that you ask him, is this the right type of protein to buy? <laughs> I'm going to be like. All right. Awesome. Well, I know you're going to take me through a workout. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do? I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, listen, I, I don't think I have one part of my body that's <laughs> as in shape as you do. So I think any part of my body will, um, yeah, I, I think it will naturally get pumped from doing this workout. I appreciate you coming on Always Evolving. Absolutely. You're the first trainer. I appreciate me too. I was kind of like probing and asking questions just because I think Eric's a guy that uh, on the external He's like built like an Adonis, but on the internal, he's obviously a kind-hearted, loving, passionate man about fitness. You should go follow him on Instagram at Eric Janiki Fitness or go to FactionTraining1.com and uh, make sure to click to subscribe, download, check in, and until next time, stay safe.